재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 We are back. We are continuing our discussion on Iran following the lifting of decades-long sanctions placed by the international community, notably the United States and Europe. Well, we gave you a broad overview on some of the uh, terms of the uh, nuclear accord, some of the sanctions that have been lifted, the potential uh, economic benefits uh, that would follow. In this segment, we're going to get some analysis on the very, uh, various pol- geopolitical issues that surround Iran right now as it stands. Give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a cacao talk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. Uh, we have here in the studio, uh, let me introduce our panelists once again. We have research fellow from the Center for Middle Eastern Studies at Kanguk University, Professor Song Il Gwang, and also attorney at law at Pomubobin Yulchon Shindong Chan. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, Professor Song, as you well know, in the United States, there is still a very strong and loud contingent of, uh, I guess we can say, uh, conservatives or the more hawkish uh, elements. Uh, There is a sense of um, maybe a mutual suspicion that remain uh, between the U.S. and Iran. They've been enemies for so long, so I'm sure those bitter feelings linger, uh, especially uh, after that whole uh, saga with the American sailors who were captured, um, but they were released quite early, and also the continuation of their ballistic missile program. Yes, uh, we have two problems here. Actually, Iran, but as you know, Iran... uh, released the capture of the sailor, U.S. sailors within 24 hours. So I think this is a maybe very positive indication. This is due to reconciliation between U.S. and Iran. Right. That was a manufactured controversy, yeah. was it not? I mean, the, the yeah. sailors admitted they did drift into their waters. Yes, yeah. uh, Iran pretty much followed international exactly. protocol, right? So this is not a complicated problem. I think the second problem, ballistic missile program, this is a real issue. It seems to me U.S. does not see... I mean, the, the ballistic missile program at immediate danger, immediate threat to the, in the region, or maybe in the U.S. interest in the region. Um, th- the real problem is who, who, who are not happy with the Iranian ballistic missile program? Actually, Gulf states, Saudis and other neighbor, I mean, neighboring Gulf states, they're really, really concerned over the issue. They're really not happy with, I mean, Iranian missile program. So the question is, how will U.S. come down the Gulf countries, mm. persuade them, don't worry or don't be panicked. If, if something happens, we will, I mean, help you guys. Unless if, if, I mean, U.S. fail to persuade them, Gulf country will continuously complain of the issue. So this is a real problem. Right. Now, you mentioned the Gulf countries very worried about this, yes. uh, the U.S. trying to calm them down. Uh, there are also some concerns uh, in Europe as well, right, yeah, uh, yeah. with with uh, certain European countries. Uh, France today, they want exactly. to actually say, look, yeah. this missile program is still a problem. We do like to um, c- at least have a discussion on whether we should impose sanctions on that. So it's not like everybody is so overjoyed and happy, even in Europe. Yep. Yeah. But you see... Just the France, some complain over the issues. But what about other European countries? They see, they just see the economic benefits from this deal. So ballistic missile is not the issue right now, it seems to me. Mm. So uh, all the other, I mean, Euro countries, they see this is an opportunity, opportunity to make, I mean, economic relationship, economic transaction with Iran. So I don't think 
French will continue. Can you explain the political situation? Why is only basically France, but the rest of the European nations disagreeing on this? Why? Why is it that France is kind I of mean, more? I mean, basically, you know, Italian, you see, I mean, the Rouhani visited Italy. They have huge deals with Italy, and now in France and other countries. This is not, I mean, you know. The, the ballistic missile issue is just for Gulf countries, but this is not an um, in immediate danger to Europe. So they don't think this is a real problem, I think. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, for uh, Shin Dong-chan, I mentioned how the uh, president um, may be visiting Tehran. It would be historic, first time ever South Korean president to visit uh, uh, Iran. What is South Korea's, I suppose, uh, SWOT analysis or their role in this uh, matter? How can we... I guess if we want to, how, how can we uh, turn this situation uh, the most beneficial way for the country? Do you think the uh, Park Geun-hye administration has been slow to act, especially if you compare to Chinese President Xi Jinping, who um, was quite quick. He had a tour of the Middle East. Uh, China obviously is going to be very keen to develop partnerships with Iran. I'm sure Iran as well. Uh, what do you think about South Korea? Yes, uh, South Korea has been... Uh, joined forces with other international community to sanction Iran for several years. However, South Korea also maintains uh, legal businesses with Iran, such as selling home appliances and mobile phones, and it has a very good uh, country image for the Iranian general public on that regard. And also, after the so-called implementation day, South Korea immediately lifted its, sanction, its own sanctions against Iran on January 17th. And with regard to the, our government's preparation for entering into the Iranian market, I would say it's fair to say compared to the uh, China's stance in the world and uh, Korea's position in the world, you know, that, that China is the permanent member of the UN Security Council and they have been participating in the discussions with Iran, so-called P5 plus one discussion for quite several times that they have more knowledge and, and the resources to, to the situation. So I don't think our government is left behind for, for lifting of the Iran sanctions or entering into the Iranian market. Right. And I, I guess for people here to complain about that, it's kind of a silly comparison, right? Uh, right. We're talking about a country of uh, well over a billion people, economic powerhouse. They've been allies with Iran for quite a while. They've exactly. been protecting them in the UNSC. Uh, they have, uh, quite frankly, a much more attractive market for Iran for most matters Absolutely. of trade and partnerships. So uh, nothing to get upset about there. What specifically are opportunities for South Korea besides um, I, I, the mo the one thing everyone thinks of obviously because South Korea is so reliant on energy imports is that right. the tapping the Iranian uh, market but there are other key partnerships that are potential for, for South Korea? Absolutely as you said that Iran is oil producing countries and oil rich and gas rich country and South Korean contractors, the construction and engineering companies are very good at establishing uh, petrochemical plants and oil refineries in the Middle East. However, Iranian market has been closed so far, so it's a big opportunity for them to enter into such markets. And also, as I said, the South Korean manufacturers and uh, electronics companies are very good images and market share in the Iranian market. So companies like Hyundai Motor Company and Samsung and LG Electronics has a fair chance to uh, gain access to the new Iranian market, I think. Professor Song, can I get your opinions on as far as South Korea is concerned uh, in terms of what 
opportunities and challenges lie ahead as far as um, China, uh, Iran opening up their markets and what South Korea wants to do or can do? I think, the, as he, the Dr. Shin said, this is a good chance for Korean companies, many companies to I mean, do business with Iran. Actually, we couldn't have it even though we, we run it both. So Iranian markets are open, so we can go there. But first, we need to know there are many other competitors, the, you know, U.S. companies, Europe companies. So we need to prepare very well. To, to fight with, I mean, to compete with other companies. I mean, that's the real issues now. One thing that uh, people always compare and is very difficult, it's apples and oranges comparison, but Iran and North Korea, right? The North Korean, yeah, they're the yeah. part of the so-called axis of evil. They both had uh, or have uh, nuclear programs. Um, when we remember the uh, agreed framework in 1994 with North Korea, there were a set of provisions in place, a set of incentives given out. Uh, they were supposed to freeze their uh, plutonium reactor in Yongbyon, and uh, then they were going to set up a light water reactor for this Kedo complex. Um, but then the, the, the consensus and the conclusion was you can't trust North Korea. They pretend they're going to do all these steps. They look like they're uh, completing the, the tasks, but they're doing something different behind the scenes. Is that a, still a legitimate fear with Iran as far as the provisions and the nuclear accord and, and the steps they have to take, or is this agreement much more comprehensive than the 1994 AF? Wow, that's a huge question. <laughs> well, that's a good comparison between North Korea and Iran. I think now Iran, this is a, just, just we got to see, I mean, this, this deal, so the time will the time will tell the truth, but I think Iran actually they needed to actually they desperately needed this deal because of economic sanctions against them. It's really really difficult and hard sanction against Iran. Actually, secondary boycott, as we all know. So Iran made this deal. I don't know. Though. I I need to get into their head, their brain. But I don't know, but. Right. It seems to me Iran now, they change their mind to develop a nuclear bomb, actually, at the moment. Oh, okay. But as time goes by, we don't know how, how come suddenly become, they will change their mind. We don't right. know yet. So that's the issue. So maybe IAEA will mm. strictly, I mean, inspect them in Iranian um, nuclear reactors and everything, what they have to do. So the time will tell. Right. And so the difference is... North Korea's regime, the political structure is very different, and the economic incentives for Iran right now far outweigh what North Korea is deciding right now in terms of open up, yeah. improve economically, but am I still going to be able to yeah. wield control over my people? Yeah. And that is a major calculating factor as to giving up war for, I guess, North Korea. This is definitely an existential yeah. question. Do we survive as a regime? We have to keep this weapon. Yes, one big difference, as we all know, Iran is a rich countries, very rich, huge countries, but they wanted to develop nuclear bomb, not for economic reason. This is not for economy. But North Korea, why they develop nuclear bomb? Because of economic reasons. Mm. So this is a huge mm. difference. So as we see, because of that, North Korea still continuously argued that we will develop the nuclear bomb. Right. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Shin... Speaking of the economy and, and the yeah. fact that uh, it is so much more 
I suppose, in terms of potential and resources and, and a host of different factors, much more uh, potentially prosperous than North Korea. Uh, can you talk about that as far as the end of the sanctions uh, that have held back the economy for decades, uh, the, the, I guess the inherent potential of the Iranian economy and its population, very educated population, very young population, Absolutely. can be very economically productive, a lot of natural resources, a lot of uh, advantages they have. Do you think Iran has the potential to, as Saudi Arabia feels, really emerge as a major economic, maybe one of the top in the region and maybe even in the world? Yes, I think so. It is highly likely that Iran can take advantage of this opportunity and the lifting of the sanctions and will develop its economy, which was left behind because of the economic sanctions. And also it has a very well-educated middle class and also the current leadership of the President Rouhani has a very uh, chosen, very pragmatic approach to the matters related to the economy and the political matters that yeah, I think Iran has a fair chance to become a major powerhouse in the region. One of the uh, concerns Professor Sung has been, and we mentioned this before, is the human rights situation. Obviously, uh, you can't, again, it's apples and oranges, but you, you would assume that the situation in North Korea is very different than the situation in Iran, and we both have sanctions placed upon those two countries. How big a sticking point is it as far as... Uh, human rights is concerned and, and what the U.S. still is harping on and saying, we're going to keep those sanctions in place until you fix that situation. Well, human rights issues, actually, I don't think there will be any significant change in Iran or they change them oppressive, I mean, oppressive. Because human rights issues, basically domestic issue, as we all know. So, U.S. maybe kept their, I mean, specific, I mean, sanction tied, I mean, related to human rights issues, but uh, I don't think Iran will change their, I mean, you know, uh, any, I mean, human rights violations situation is very bad, as we all know. So I don't think any immediate, I mean, changes Iranian rights. Is it just as infeasible as the U.S. deciding China has human rights? Problems, so we got to we have to impose unilateral sanctions on on China, but it, it's it's a very difficult situation, right? Yeah, it's a very really difficult situation because basically it's a domestic issue. Like what about North Korea? North Korea has a very human rights issues. Also, we have, but we actually what we can do? We don't have any leverage to influence. Mm -hmm. I mean, change the situation in the region in the country. So it's a really hard question. Now. Mr. Shin, as far as Iran is concerned, and you talked about the economic potential, how it could emerge as a powerhouse. It has a big population, uh, an educated population. It has uh, great resources and advantages. How is the challenge going to be then in the region with uh, their rivals like Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. and, of course, uh, their purported the main enemy, Israel in terms of that opening up uh, the growing of the economy and what challenges it poses to countries like Saudi Arabia? Well, even if Iran is a uh, theocratic country and which has a, the, the religious leader, the supreme leader has the final say, but it has been electing its president and the National Assembly quite a long time. Whereas Saudi Arabia, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is the absolute monarchy. So 
with the Iran, which is a semi-democratic you know, regime with such kind of new resources after the lifting of the sanctions, I think it could be a really potential threat mm. to at least to the elites of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Also, as to the Israel, even if Iran halted its economic uh, nuclear program for quite a long time, it will be lifted maybe 10 or 15 or 25 years according to the nuclear accord struck last year. So that, after that, it will be a real threat not only for the economically but also militarily to the Israel. So it could be a potential right. tensions in the region, I think. Right, and that's the main point is you can stop your nuclear weapons program, but if you are a fast-growing economy and you're wealthy and you have all these currency reserves and, and you can build up your conventional army base and have that be a very, very potent threat in the region, and that's not necessarily something that's a part of the sanctions regime. Uh, one thing that Mr. Shin mentioned, Professor Song, that's interesting is the fact that Iran, in comparison to Saudi Arabia, is relatively more democratic. Uh, it's not an absolute monarchy. It's a theocracy. But I guess the question is, this is really great with Rouhani and, and what these so-called moderate factions have been able to in, impose here. But And you say you cannot read the mind of the Iranian leadership. But uh, what happens if Khamenei decides a couple years later, I don't really like the way this is going and I want to put in another guy here, maybe um, a guy similar to my old friend Ahmadinejad and have that be the new... Can political changes in Iran, do you think, affect the situation, even this agreement as well as the uh, sanctions regime? Well, no. This, I mean, this deal will not, I mean, affect on the I mean, regime change in Israel. This, as we, I mean, Iran, as we all know, they have the elections. So... Maybe uh, the next president will be maybe conservative. Next president will come. Maybe uh, that uh, the highest, I mean, prime, uh, the leader, the highest leader of Iran, Ali, Ali Khamenei, will endorse. Oh, forget it. Let's let's renew the nuclear develop, nuclear bombs. But what we can do? Do we have any leverage to stop it? Do we have any? So I don't think uh, uh, this is, uh, I mean, just a fancy story. But if really we don't know, so they will, if they change their mind, I think they can do it. But, and then UN and US will respond to it. Right. Yeah. And so it would be a difficult choice for Iran to make, especially if they reap the economic benefits and then have that all of a sudden. Be yeah, closed yeah. off again suddenly. That's, the, that's exactly what I mean. U.S. and I mean Europe's that they have their point there. Mm. We're almost out of time. I just want to ask some final questions for uh, both of you, Mr. Shin. Just overall, what do you think the future holds, and will Iran and the West be able to maintain this sort of fragile progress towards thawing relations? Well, maybe after the lifting of the sanctions, that Western companies, including not only the European companies, but also Japanese and South Korean companies may have business stake and interest in the Iranian market and Iranian uh, economy, then they will have some voices against their uh, governments when they impose additional and harsh positions against Iran. That will maybe change the dynamics. And also Iran can contribute to the regional stability if they wish in the Yemen or the Syria or other regions and uh, acting as a responsible partner in the international relationships. I, ha I would say, I would say uh, uh, cautiously optimistic mm. for the future. Cautiously optimistic. All right. Final question then, Professor Sung. What about you? Also cautiously optimistic? Yes, I'm very optimistic. 
because this is a really good deal for both sides, to U.S. and Europe and Iran. Iran will have really huge economic benefits, not only just benef economic benefits, they will also become an influential regional player in the region through this deal. And the U.S., look, the Barack Obamas will say, look, I did something in the Middle East. You guys say you don't have any, you did nothing with the Palestinian issue, but I did something good. So this is a little good for both sides. So this is uh, why I think this is uh, positive. This is, right. will be, I mean, at the good beginning, mm. I think they will follow this, I mean, deal. All right. Well, uh, some optimism expressed here by both of our panelists. A very interesting discussion indeed. I want to thank you both for joining us, Shin Dong-chan, as well as uh, Professor Song. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having me.